0: Welcome to Leadership Web, a podcast series from the University of Arkansas that exposes listeners to a wide range of perspectives on leadership. Through interviews with current leaders, Leadership Web strives to provide tools for you to either begin building your own or continue improving your existing leadership framework. We believe that there is no one single path to successful leadership, but that we can all learn from each other on our own leadership journeys. Today, Dr.s John English and Andrew Bram are joined by Sam Alley, the chairman and CEO of VCC. His top 5 values are communication, creating harmony, honesty and integrity, innovative and decisiveness. And passion.
1: We're pleased to have with us today uh, Sam Alley. And as part of our podcast, we're creating on leadership. Sam, thank you for being willing to be part of that with me and Andrew, and uh, John White, and Matt Waller. Sam is a a graduate of our civil engineering department. And as we're going to learn during this interview, he has a uh, very unique history and background and how he got to Arkansas and how he got to U of A and his path of success. And so uh, having been a friend of mine for several years now, I'm not going to steal the thunder here, Sam, because I, I no, nobody can tell the story better than you. But as we have in all these podcasts, as, um, as Andrew has, has set us out, is that we have uh, asked for core values and you know, to your leadership and the things that you reflect upon. And so we're going to kind of drill down on those a little bit and Sam take leeway and just run any way you want in view of, you know, how you came up with this and uh, you've listed integrity and honesty and tying that to respect and trust. And Sam, I I, I know you and I know that this is very important to you. And I could you just elaborate, you know, how that resolved in your career? that this is is so important to you? Maybe even examples how you've demonstrated that.
2: Well, thank you, Dean. First of all, I would like to say that I'm honored for you to ask me to do this. I I love the University of Arkansas. I love the students at the University of Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And anything that I can do to help in any way, I'm always there. Of course, I was a student there and loved every minute of it. And a lot of memories, uh, good memories, still with me from from the university. But obviously, you know, in leadership, leaders are not born, they're made. And you've probably seen that verbiage in different leadership books. I've read a lot of books over the years on leadership and watched a lot of leaders, Sam Walton and Warren Buffett and others. They've always inspired me. Uh, and so I, I learned some of the stuff that I'm you know doing at my company and every leadership book that you read you better have honesty and integrity to be a leader and so with you asking that and the reason I listed that is because it's very very important and it's really the foundation that has to be with the company in integrity you got to be straightforward you got to practice what you preach and you have to live the way that integrity and honesty is all about. And because people are watching, and for having many people around you, you can't say just integrity and not practice integrity. And so the main thing also is that at VCC, we care about our people. We have, as I say, we have a lot of mouths to feed, a lot of families that depend on us And so those families, you have to care about. And you have to be sincere with them when you're talking to them and and being transparent with them. So serving our people and and serving our clients, people watch, and and I tell all of our people, when you're out socializing or you're out working, you represent the whole company. And so this is... um, important stuff I learned a lot of that in the grocery business with my father I was at the grocery store one day with my brothers we all worked the store and I was I moved to the United States when I was 14 so that's I was 15 years of age then and I was uh, sweeping the floor at the meat counter and this lady was leaving the store after paying my father whatever she bought and as she's leaving she dropped twenty dollars, and from back of the store, I went picked up the twenty bucks and went outside and said, "Ma'am, you dropped this twenty dollars and and she looked at me and she thanked me, and I said, "Well, that's what you're supposed to do and and I, the reason I'm telling this story, and which is about honesty more than anything is and integrity is is that I didn't know this. I didn't know what she's got to do. I just went back to the store. Well, the church members, she told the story apparently at the church of what happened What all the church members there they start coming to our grocery store (laughs) because of what she told everybody at church. So we practice that at our company and and you have to get repeat clients over and over again. We've had clients with us For over 30 years that continue to use our company and the reason i like to think is because of integrity and honesty what a
1: great story i mean that that comes from your childhood which has been part of who you are and you know the thought that you you moved here at that age and was in the grocery business with your dad and learned those lessons then you're your founder and leader, CEO of VCC. You've got uh, hundreds of employees now, it's a multi million dollar company. And honesty and integrity is still the core. Of that. And I know your assets are your people. I've heard you say that, Sam. And then loving and caring for these people also requires to be decisive and to be clear. And so, I going to drill in that just a little bit because sometimes being decisive means you don't get to explain how you made that decision too, Uh, but yet employees need to be very clear on where you're going and you want them to understand why. So how have you balanced that as CEO of a very large one of the top 100 construction firms in the country now, a lot of moving parts and you've got to be clear and sometimes those whys come and you can't say why because it's kind of confidential.
2: I think decisiveness and passion go together, and um, really, in our company, you have to have a mission. And and everybody needs to know what that mission is about. And when the mission is practiced, and it's part of our culture, and also loving what you do every day Mm -hmm. makes it fun. Mm -hmm. And when you're building landmarks all over the country which that's the reason I've taken civil engineering, actually, is uh, the University of Arkansas. I wanted to see what we design, whether it's buildings or bridges or whatever the case may be. Now I get to really build them instead of designing them. And so in, in making decisions for the growth of the company, starting with nothing to the point where we are today, I would say that you have to execute on some of the things that you feel like it needs to happen and some of it I make decisions on change knowing the fact that not everybody's gonna like it but you've got to make decisions and when you make them and and then people start seeing the efficiency and seeing fruit out of that decision then everybody Pulls together and and start using whether it's technology or systems or processes, and so decisions. Uh, I make a lot of decisions in my company every day, and I can tell you that sometimes is not you know as I say you know a bad decision is better than no decision because you can correct a bad decision, but not be, making a decision you never go anywhere. So. Uh, Being decisive about many things is important and uh, not just talk about things. You can talk about them all day long, but if you don't execute, as a matter of fact, I told uh, our people we have a motto every year, but um, our motto next year is going to be execution. Execute, make decisions, and um, accomplish your goals.
1: I think, and you couple that with passion. And so a lot is explained of your love for the company, the business, and the building. And I also know you're a company built on innovative technologies and and making the jobs easier so that people can do what they do best. In that spirit of innovation, can you give us some good examples of how you've transformed this business that helps you in this execution so you can get people out of the weeds and execute and do the things that are important? Could I, cause I I'd pick up a trend exactly what you're doing here?
2: When we started the company in... Uh March 17th on my birthday of 1987 I was only I mean just turning 31 and so you could call me a millennial (laughs) back back then if that verbiage existed but um, at the the end of the day the um, technology makes our company more a new technology will make our company more efficient and so when we started started with the Lisa computer that my brother Wayne owned and i Borrowed it from him, and said, We're starting this company. I got to have a computer. And it was an, uh, an Apple Lisa computer. <laughs> and I wanted to start doing things, you know, technology wise. And, and and because of efficiency, in our business, Dean, the margins of construction is very, very tight. It's like the grocery business. And, and my da- my dad told me, He said, Listen, if you can make it in the grocery business, you can make it anywhere. Well, he didn't realize that the construction business has lower margins than the grocery business. (laughs) And the dollars are big. And the dollars are big. And so you gotta be efficient. And you gotta reduce your overhead because the margins are tight. So technology has helped our company tremendously, doing more with less. And that's part of innovation. And so I could not find the software back in the 80s. That has a construction management software, so I said we're gonna start it our own, and we started developing a software, and we call it Endeavor, and we're, today we're still using it. But every day we add something to it, and it's added by our people, and it's a live test. You know, we're always adding things and to make us more efficient, to better communication, and on and so forth. So, in innovation is is very very important in our company, and and as I tell all of our people at our company, I said we are not a construction company. We are a risk management company. We manage risk every day. And with a low margin, you better manage risk. And to manage risk, technology has helped us for documentation purposes and communication and being on top of things with using BIM modeling with using now scanning of buildings that exist, giving us all the existing conditions and eliminating some of the unforeseen things that happen in our business, reduces risk. And that's part. So a lot of technology has entered our construction industry. And we when something happens in the business, we always go right and make a decision to start using it. And, and if we don't like it, you know, and it's not helping us, then we'll get rid of it. But we're going to try it. That's part of the innovation that we've had. And obviously, equipment and logistics, um, there's always a better way. There's always a better way to do something. Always. And I use golf as an example. I'm a big golfer, and I love the game. and, And all these pros out there, whether it's Tiger, Woods or Phil Mickelson, and they have, I mean, you look at their swing, you think it's perfect. Well, they continue to want to improve that perfect swing, so to speak. And so there's always a better way to do something. And, and that's the culture we created, that our people even are entrepreneurs, that always thinking the same way that I think. It's not just a one person, it's everybody that's thinking that.
1: That's interesting. That's now coming back and connecting back to your point about decisiveness and passion and trying to follow and lead, that there's a connection here. I mean, if you're going out there and constantly be innovating, then you need to be decisive and also being risk-accepting and managing that risk. That is very interesting. That's tying together in those things. I don't know. Andrew, do you have some thoughts here? I've enjoyed
0: hearing you talk through your your three values so far, the honesty and integrity, the decisiveness and passion and the innovation. And I actually went on VCC's website and looked at your mission. And you're saying a lot of the things that are a core part of your mission. And I appreciate how, as a leader, you're not only having this mission, but you're living it too, and you're talking about it. And something else I've noticed that's been tied into everything that you've talked about is the people part of it. And I'm a big believer in at the end of the day, we're all interacting with people. Mm-hmm. And your fourth value that you gave us was creating harmony. And I'm not sure if you had in mind creating harmony between people. When I read it, that's what I was thinking. And what is your take on that value creating harmony?
2: I watched companies and I watched the company before we started our company, that I felt if you were to ask me what was really a weakness in that company, I would say it was harmony. So when we started the company, the first goal that I wanted to assure that is created, and especially when we were only three of us, <laughs> 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 now we're over 800 people, uh, it's a lot easier you know, to do it and, and, and to say, okay, the goal that we have to have in our company is harmony between all departments. We have an organization. We have a lot of people that work in different parts of the organization. But Harmony is a teamwork. It's, it's all about working together and, and, and having a mission and having the same goal to be accomplished. And so making sure that there's no pointing fingers at certain departments when something goes wrong is is saying, okay, something went wrong, let's not point fingers, let's find a solution. Speaking of solutions, you know, when you have issues and, and creating harmony amongst the team, when there's harmony, they all work together and find a solution. One of my clients uh, I was out with, and I asked him uh, the question about, you know, you work with other contractors, can you tell me other things that other contractors are doing that we need to be doing? He said, well, he said, not bragging anyway. He said, I wish they do what you're doing. He said, I wish they asked me that question. I said, No, that's not what I asked. I really wanted to know, learn something. He said, Well, he said, One thing I like about the VCC side of the company and the people are the harmony that I see amongst your field operations, your project management operations, your accounting. He said, I love that harmony. He said, And then the harmony, not only that you create amongst your people but the harmony you create with architects and engineers the harmony you create with what we call trade partners not subcontractors because they're really partners some people use the verb as subcontractors we use trade partners you got to create harmony with them because they make things happen they represent our company as well and then now you got to create harmony with ownership as well so so that's one thing another thing that that created he said, with Harmony, instead of people coming and talking about problems, is they talk about solutions. Everybody know what the problem is, is you've got to come up with a solution. And it came from a client of, of ours, and, that made, and this client has been with us over 30 years, and that was, uh, it made me proud. So Harmony is very, very important, and we, we talk about it. Uh, building, uh, building the morale of the company is Harmony. If you don't have, and and then in management, every Monday morning as management, there's eight of us. Finally, my daughter Jessica uh, joined our team about uh, July the eighth. Actually, it took me twelve years to convince her to <laughs> to come uh, and and work with us. Now I got all three kids. I can talk oh, to them more often God. now. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, so there's eight of us every Monday morning we meet and we discuss different topics. But I can tell you, we always talk about our people. We talk about if there is an issue with morale of our people or a certain person that we need to build their morale or or create harmony if there is an issue that we don't see. Uh, so you got to be, you can't just take it for granted that, hey, we think it's going to happen. You got to watch it as well and still cut the cards, so to speak, to make sure it's happening.
1: Yeah. And you know the funny thing about harmony? You, whether you have trained ears or don't have trained ears when it comes to music, you know when somebody's off pitch.
2: Right. That's right. Yeah. For for sure, and and that's uh, so. I think it, it, that's the reason I listed it. It's yeah. it's very and, very important. Right. And and where you see companies having issues, Frankie, if you you dig into it, you, you will find out that there's no harmony amongst uh, the group or mm-hmm. the people, and then they don't have harmony created amongst their clients. I mean, if you don't have harmony with your clients, you got a problem. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, as a civil engineer, I'm enjoying a lot of this discussion. I'm biased, and I can admit (laughs) that. But I think it's also interesting, if there are students listening to this, you've talked very little about fundamental civil engineering properties. You've talked a little bit about BIM, building information modeling. You've talked a little bit about construction management, those type of things. But when I look at kind of the arc of your career, you got your bachelor's degree, you worked as a project manager for some time, and then you started over... And you started your own company, you've obviously gone through a lot of transitions. And would you mind sh- sharing a story or two about maybe one point when you realized that you were expanding far beyond your university education as a professional as a, and as a person? Would you mind sharing a story with one point where you started growing in these new knowledge areas, these more leadership side of things? Because. Sometimes undergrads, they're, they're battling with the homework problems, they're battling with the exams. In a way, that's the first step to being a successful professional. And would you mind sharing with us a second or a third step?
2: Absolutely. Education is very, very important. And what education does, it opens the doors mm-hmm. for you to start a career. And I started my career in the construction industry I worked in the summers in the construction, saw the equation and it opened those doors so I was a field engineer. And then uh, when I graduated in 79, uh, became a project manager. And that's completely different than being out in the field. And then a senior project manager and, and learning the different parts uh, as I grew in my career. And the one thing that I was not, I learned some of the business in the grocery business, being with my father, but engineering, I wish we had more courses about business and, yes. and, and and all of that. And Dean English and I talked about that before. But uh, so the business side of the equation is where I, am, I needed to learn more about that side of business, overhead and... The profitability, because at the end of the day, you're not gonna be around if you're not being profitable. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. and so you have to do that. So, um, so managing the process and the risk, and and learning the business side of the business, is really what I, you know, struggled with in in trying to learn, like being educated in designing beams. Mm is how do you do cash flow? How do you do a financial statement that I've never done before? You know, how do you deal with banks and bonding companies yeah. and insurance companies? And and so when I started the company, when I was just turned 31 years of age, I mean, I was still learning. And we started, as I said, with nothing. And we're now we're building a company. And so that's another phase. And that was very challenging, saying, OK, I got, you know, kids to feed and, don't have any projects and how do we make it and so it's amazing when you're persistent and focused and and got um, some of the things that we talked about and work hard and work ethics is very, very important and that's one thing, you know, I learned is, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get and then I, I think Sam Walton said that is, is really what uh, what it's all about and continue to learn and uh, and not be complacent, not being complacent. Because sometimes, even as you're building, that's another thing. It's a lot, frankly, right now it's a lot easier to build a company than to maintain a company. And so if you become complacent, in my company I've used it many times, you snooze, you lose. And so you've got to always be awake. you always got to work hard. you always got to be focused. And if you're not going to do that, then retire or say goodbye. And And one thing I've learned also... In building my career and watching people, it's all about people. And people make things happen, whether it's good or bad. But in our company, we don't put up with the mediocracy. And I tell my people, if, if someone is not doing what they're supposed to do, and if someone is not practicing what the company is all about, or perceive, perception is what can't perceive they're not even doing then we got a problem and we're just not going to tolerate that because it, because they'll stick out like a sore thumb and it's going to hurt the morale of our people if you keep them around. I mean, and and, and this uh, goes back to making hard decisions. Yeah. They're not easy decisions to tell someone that you're not fitting in, you're better to leave the company and be somewhere else. You may be successful somewhere else, mm-hmm. but not at VCC. Mm-hmm. So I think those are things that I learned. to de- Dealing with people is really what I had to learn a lot of how because every person is got they want you to listen to them which that's very very important but um, you got to also be transparent with them Mm
0: -hmm. and I think a big part of that is your final value that you gave us is communication and you've talked a lot about working together with people and I think you can't work together if you can't communicate so how have you used communication successfully in order to maybe learn about the businesses or to grow your business or to successfully maintain your business?
2: If you were to ask our people at our company, what is the biggest problem in the construction industry? I bet there'll be about 80 to 90% of our people would say communication, communication, communication. And when I was at another construction company before we started ours, uh, there is a company called Fails Management. And Fails Management does nothing but deal with construction businesses. And at the time, they had them talk to about maybe 400 people about communication. And, and the biggest problem actually, they took a poll then of the people and communication was the biggest number in our industry so communication is important and and so they to prove that point they started communicating in the front row with something and by the time it ended at the final person it was completely different and and so communication it's uh, is uh, very very important and also you know when you're communicating with people you always got to be on the same wavelength and and to be on the same wavelength you got to listen to them and process and let them speak their mind and and then you respond you got to listen but you got to respond with transparency as I said before and and you got to respond to them in a way where they know exactly where you're coming from and understand where you're coming from and also if and I, I tend to delegate a lot and in delegation a lot of times and, you know, you communicate with someone and delegate something to them, you've got to follow th- through or follow up and making sure that that they're accomplishing the things that you've asked for to a certain extent. You know, it's it's all about setting the stage from top to bottom about communication. And, and, and one thing uh, in regards to communication, you want f- people to feel that they can pick up the phone and call me at home or call me myself or send me an email. And I tell all of our people that I don't want yes people around me. Because if you're a yes person, you're not needed. You want to speak your mind, so feel free to do so. You may not agree with it, and I'll let you know, but feel free. And so uh, I have to say that we have a lot of people that give me that opinion, which I love and I learn from. And so in communication, you got to make them comfortable that they can talk to the CEO of the company or the president of the company. And so that's the culture that we created
1: my that implicates a lot of vulnerability on your part in this role of ceo i wonder in view of communication your view of communication what percent of that is listening and what percent of that is talking
2: i bite my tongue frankly
1: <laughs> to
2: yeah. to to remind me that you got to keep listening, because that's why God gave us two ears uh, and, one and, one, and one tongue. And so so listening, yeah. It's you got to do more listening for sure, especially you know, and whether it's clients, and clients can express their issues, and you know, and you may be right, but that perception is is what counts. And, and they appreciate, people appreciate and clients appreciate listening to their issues. And one of the things that you have to clear, and once you listen, I, I use the verbiage I hear you, you know, but here is my opinion. But you, they, people want to be heard and people want to know that you understood their concern or they understood what the goals may be or that we need to improve our company. I mean, we get a lot of comments about how we improve our company. And so that is... Um, Listening is very, very important. And, and the percentages, um, you know, I probably don't do it as high as I should, frankly, but it's important. Yeah.
1: There's one thing I'd like to dig down on a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know that VCC is built on a no-debt basis. And my bet is Sam and Janet probably follow that at home, too. And so I think that our listeners would like to hear deliberation from a personal viewpoint to a business viewpoint that's realized when you run a no-debt mentality. I mean, that's massive. I mean, you think about the size of your company today, whoa. That's, people think leveraging, what's your line of credit? My bet is you don't have a lot of those thoughts.
2: That's a very good question, and, and our bonding company love our company because we have no debt. and, and But we, we started with that philosophy. Yeah. That we are not going to borrow any money because if there is a storm, like it happened, well, actually it was a tsunami in '08, is that you can survive the downturns and be in business the next day. Now, a lot of business courses will teach about leverage and, you know, leverage is part of the equation. I can tell you leverage in real estate, I do have, some, which is outside our company, you will have some debt but in the construction business, when you're dealing with people and you're dealing with a lot of families to survive, you can't have debt. And it makes you more disciplined to collect your receivables because you don't tap into the line of credit. So, and we talk about receivables on management meeting every Monday morning to make sure that it's flowing. And so it keeps you disciplined on that. It's with no leverage, as I said. It makes you sleep at night knowing the fact that you don't have banks going to be knocking on your door if something goes bad. And then you can be in business the next day and recover because you're going to have some issues. And, and people that were not in business in oh8 the next day after uh, the downturn in the economy, they're, not, they're never recovered. But... Companies that were in business the next day, after all the issues that were out there, were one of them. We recovered. Yeah. And so, in the construction business, it's very important. Now, other businesses, you possibly have to have debt to keep running your business. And so, I would say to those people, do not over-leverage. Yeah. Do not over-leverage. It's okay to have that, mm-hmm. but I, I don't like it. And, yes, I practice it even individually, and, and, and it helps me sleep at night. <laughs> Which is really important. <laughs> That's very important.
1: <laughs> well, Sam, thank you so much. I mean, learning about your perspectives in view of uh, honesty, integrity, innovation, decisiveness, and passion. I love that. The harmony you know recognizing harmony and and being critical not only within the company but to your constituents to your customers and then obviously communication is the heartbeat of who you are i uh, i think these are wonderful things for us to learn from and fit so well in our podcast so um sam thank you so much for being part of this it's been a lot of fun yes. my
2: pleasure yeah, thank you thank you
0: Thank you for joining Leadership Web today. We hope that you found insight and guidance on leadership tools from this interview. Please join Leadership Web in two weeks as we explore another leader's leadership journey. Also, follow us on Instagram or LinkedIn by searching Leadership Web.